dun 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 is it work is it is it cool that I'm singing it along with the the theme music that's coming in and then I'm late like layering over it to create like a cool layered effect is it working I can't I won't know until the edit so um that was all I had for the opener. That was that was it. That was my cold open. That was all I had. Well, everyone, if you want an explanation, it's because before we got on air, I was talking to Amber about House of the Dragon because I'm enjoying the show so far. I think it's it, pretty swell. Here's the deal. It wasn't that actually wasn't the Game of Thrones opener. That was supposed to be our theme song for the show. I was trying to do like the like the, the oh. for the show. Yeah, it, it actually is kind of funny that they're like similar, huh? Huh. Hope we don't get sued now. Don't sue us, HBO. We don't have a lot of money. <laughs> no, it's it's our it's our song. Don't worry. It's not. It's a different. No, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's like how the Indiana Jones theme <laughs> and the Superman thing are legally distinct, even though it's like the same melody. Anyways, what what are we doing, Amber? What's the what? Why are we talking into mics right now? That's a great question, Devin. I'm so glad you asked. I'm sure it mirrors the question that hundreds of other audience members, thousands, millions, all the people who are tuned in to hear us in our uh, cheering concert um this is the podcast believe it or not and the podcast name is original podcast do not steal and the reason that it's named that is that it's a weekly podcast where every week Devin and i and sometimes but not always a third person um take some kind of a franchise and we make an original character in that franchise um and today because you're all thirsty sluts um, we are going to be making, uh, a, a, an OC in Hades. Also, my name is Amber Autumn, she, her. I feel like we skipped that part. And my name's Prince Devin, he, him. That's right. Um, uh, Devin, I have a question. Um, what is Hades? Oh, do you know nothing about Hades? Cause this no, is I know episode. some things about Hades. I just am looking for us to set the... Okay. I guess we I guess we got to do our parasocial bonding question first, huh? Actually, we've decided to put those at the end of episodes. You're right. We did decide to do that. Shit, I forgot. And now we're going to you... do some parasocial bonding at the end and not before then. And now you listeners will know. So this is a me episode. So I I love Hades. I love Hades so goddamn much. I'm going to talk for forever. Would you like any airtime? Do you have anything to say? Anything you know beforehand that will be changed over the course of me talking at you about Hades? Yeah, I can start with with saying some things about Hades and the things that I know about it. So Hades is um, a video game, a like a like third person action video game roguelike thing by uh, the team responsible for like um, Bastion and uh, Transistor. Um, that studio, the name of which, uh, Super is Giant me at the moment. Super Giant, thank you. Um, uh, and it's a game in which you are, like, a, like, a Greco-Roman mythological figure who is fighting your way, uh, through something, and your ultimate goal is to beat your dad, Hades, um, because you have a lot of daddy issues, and um, you will fail over and over again, and then it's like through that failure that you progress the story um, by restarting those loops over and over again, and everybody wants to fuck all of the Greek gods in the game because they are drawn hot. All right, um, you got 
some <laughs> things right, you got some things wrong, you got the important parts right, and that is okay. another one in this game is incredibly sexy. Okay. I'm, I am also <laughs> That's part the important of, parts. I'm also part of the contingent who is horny for everyone in this game. When I first started playing, anytime I talked to anyone for the next week, I was like, I wanna bang all of Zagreus's family. It's insane. They're all so hot. So where to begin with Hades? One thing you got wrong is it's not a third-party action game. It's a top-down roguelike. It is technically also an action game. It won Action Game of the Year in the year it came out. Here's a fun fact about Hades. and the Game Awards, Hades stood right next to Last of Us in both narrative and Game of the Year categories. And that's just tipping the cap for Hades. They got a bunch of awards. Fucking good game. Everyone knows. I don't really need to sell people on it because I'm two years late to the party because that is how I consume video games. But I really want to sell you on it because Hades is absurdly wonderful. The other game you forgot to bring up that Supergiant Games is responsible for is Pyre. And fun fact about Pyre, Gen Z, Z Z-E-E, the art director for Supergiant Games, I believe she drew everything in that game because they were a much smaller team. They're only like... 15, 20 people now. But starting with Jen, and shout out to Jen, all of her art in this game is absolutely goddamn incredible. This is the most refined the art style for a super giant game has been. It's so crisp and clean. It is. It's. It's soft, but with an edge. There is a kindness, but also a. A hidden cruelty to everyone. All of the portraits are just wonderful to gaze upon. And when they were designed, the team talked about wanting a a diversity, right? Athena is a black woman and Hermes is an Asian man. And real quick, if you're the type of person to get upset about that, you're not listening to our podcast, so I'm arguing to no one. But if you are the type (laughs) of person to get upset about that and you find our podcast, the Roman Empire expanded so fucking long alexander the great was hanging out with cleopatra there were black people and asian people there fucking deal with it but to devon black people were invented in the 1960s everyone knows this (laughs) black people were invented by hp lovecraft that's what everyone knows jesus christ (laughs) but to keep within the Greek roots to really pay respect to that one of the design um, things you'd keep up on a board like design inspiration was heroic nudity because if you look at any Greek statues they're all naked right they truly appreciated the human form and physique that's why everyone in this game is almost naked and is absurdly goddamn hot and shout out to Zagreus You're the king of blood and redemption, but in my eyes, you'll always be the king of bisexuality because I unlocked the get a threesome that leads into a polyamorous relationship ending, and it was fucking awesome. And I have so many pictures in this, in my phone, of this game of various dialogue. And you bet your sweet ass when I got my sad boyfriend Thanatos and my mean girlfriend Megara to both bang with me at the same time, I took a fucking picture because I felt great. (laughs) Yeah, um, relatable probably, I assume. And whilst we're also talking about art, I really quick want to give a shout out to... I believe it's Joanna. Hold on one second. 
I believe it's Joanna Tran. She's the environmental artist for the game because people think that the layouts were procedurally generated. They won't. Things you run into are procedurally generated because this is a roguelike we're dealing with. But all of the environments you're dealing with were drawn by her and they are so good. One of the true failings of this podcast is that when discussing Hades and the next one, Disco Elysium, I can't just show you the art. So please Google it if you haven't seen it. It's incredible. And so much effort goes into background art, but particularly for this game, where you are zooming through these layouts, you don't take a lot of time to really soak in Asvidel or Elysium or Tartarus. But one time I did, and it was so fucking beautiful. It, awe-inspiring is how I would define it. There was a whole statue that you can just skip over and never look at of a broken... Um, What's the Cyclops? And it was great. So I'm trying to think where I want to start talking about this game now that I've shot out the art. Also, shout out to Greg Kasavitz. He's the he's the creative director and was the writer for this game. And you wrote a fucking fantastic game. So where do I even want to start? Okay, so there's a lot of things I like about Hades, and some of that is like narrative syntax. There is an in-universe justification for all of the things you are looking at, right? What are your upgrades in the game? Well, the rest of your family, the gods on Olympus, they want to help you get out of the underworld because you're not Mom Nix. Told them you want to get up to... Uh, why am I blanking on the name of where the god... Mount Olympus! And so they help you out. They give you boons. Those are upgrades. How do you upgrade those boons? You eat a pomegranate because that's a thing associated with the underworld. What's your currency mm -hmm. in the game? Well, if you pay attention to Greek mythology, it's also Roman mythology. And the Roman counterpart to Hades, Mars, he was the god of the underworld. And that meant everything that was subterranean. So wealth and jewels were a part of it. So, of course, you can run into precious gemstones. You get darkness. The darkness allows you to upgrade different innate abilities. The weapons you get were the weapons that the gods used in the battles against the titans. How do you upgrade those? Titan's blood. There's an in-universe justification for everything that I love. However, you can ignore all of that, and this game is so fucking fun to play. It is so rewarding. And back to that, like, narrative justification for everything, in a roguelike, the assumption, the known, what it defines it is procedurally generated dungeons, and a crawl. You are going to die. Everything is going to be reset. So how do you turn that into a narrative experience? You have to justify how does a character die? Why is Zagreus allowed to die all the time? Because he's, he's the son of Hades. So every time he dies, he just goes home and you have to start over. It's great. I love it. But it's so rewarding because I'm bad at video games. I just am. <laughs> so when a game makes me feel in real time, like I am truly getting better and understanding the craft. It's a wonder, and it just, it feels so good to play. There is a tactile veracity, and it is more than just, there is twitch reflex to this game, because it's an action game, but it's, it's more than that. I do legitimately feel like I've improved, and I know if I use this weapon, I can go that far, and watching yourself get better to, like, when you first play the game, I couldn't get past Megara, and then I found out there was a Bone Hydra, and I was like, fuck, I'm never going to beat this game. And now I can almost not think about it. I can go beat the shit out of my dad, and it's awesome. What a great time. And how much I of that is through upgrades, and how much of that is just, like, learning game systems? Uh, I think it's a healthy mix of both, 
but if you suck at games like me, they do give you upgrades that, like, permanently, like, you can get, like, extra lives and your health can get bigger, and it's just, it makes it a little bit of an easier time. But I have... So, I play this game on PlayStation, and it's one of the few games I've ever cared about getting trophies, and every time I get it, I know... I got one where I'm in... 6.7% of all players who played this game on the PlayStation to get that trophy. And I was like, what? I'm shit at games. How did I do that? And that one was predicated on not taking hits for X amount of turns. Because Thanatos, your moody boyfriend, his all character... Okay, so another thing I forgot to mention is... is the thing I'm trying to get to. But one, the other reason that dying more than learning the process is rewarding is they give you mm, sweet, sweet narrative candy. You get to talk to all the people. And again, shout out to Greg. <laughs> Wrote a bunch of really good dialogue. I love talking to everyone. It's such a treat. It's such a gem. So you can't make dying feel bad in a game where you constantly die. And I don't because I'm like, well, I'm going to get to talk to Orpheus. I saw Eurydice on this playthrough and he's going to have something to say. I get to talk to... Uh, Achilles, because I met his boyfriend in Asphodel, and he's really sad about it. He's so heartbroken. I get to talk to, I wish she was my girlfriend, but she's not. Deuce. It's so. I get to talk to Skelly. I get to pick which god I want to talk to next. If I ever got, sometimes I would get Nectar, and Nectar is the item you need to get to increase relationships with people. I'd get Nectar, okay. and then I'd just die in the next room because I was so excited to give Nectar to Athena. First god I maxed was Athena, baby. Hell yeah, I love her to death. Why? What's Athena's deal? I don't know. She's just cute. Like, she, like she, <laughs> <laughs> she, is it just that she's a hottie? I think it's more like it's it's more cute than hot because like. Dionysus, for I think for my money, is the hottest. He's the one where I'm like, damn, that dude's fucking hot. Athena's just, like, cool to talk to. She's so, like, demure isn't the right word. Like, you know, introverted. The other gods are loud and brash, and she's quiet and reserved. And watching... Yeah. Watching her relationship grow with Zagreus is really nice, and it doesn't max out until she's like, I've never told like anyone else on Olympus about this, but uh, Eclipso, she's she's my girlfriend, and I'd really like you to meet her if you ever get up here. And I was like, aw, this is so sweet. I'm so happy that Zagreus, like, improving the relationships with the gods, you can't bang any of them because they're all your family, but just knowing that Zagreus could make that bond was very affirming for me because this game is about a pursuit of family and one of the things greg kasabit said was the reason that these these gods this pantheon has able to last and we're still having conversations about them was not because they're gods but because they're human they're fallible they're messy bitches and another thing they reflect is the fact that gods are uh temperative messy pitches is some rooms you will have two god boons at the same time and you pick one and the other god becomes very upset that you didn't pick me because i'm me zagreus you went against your favorite uncle poseidon i'm gonna have to try and kill you that that's just fair that is just fair i'm sorry zag family's a theme that's great introverted as a character trait doesn't Seem like the thing I would normally expect, I think, out of out of Athena, just based on Greek mythology and the things that I already understand about it. Um, it sort of makes sense via owls, right? Like, 
she has the the like owls as a as a regular motif um so i'm gonna cut you off because you are correct athena is owls i messed up i meant artemis that makes so much more sense. Yeah, this, I was that, like, she's yeah, that makes gay more sense, right? And the like loner character. I was like literally about to say Artemis makes much more sense for that character. Yeah, we found it together. What's another thing I want to? I want to talk about just some like characters and broad strokes because this game does hit, um, very intense emotions for me that I kind of want to save for the end of my big rant. So I'm just gonna go through some other characters who exist in the game because so many characters show up and it's more than just your family up in heaven and your family all the chthonic gods like lady nix the embodiment of night herself your boyfriend thanatos his brother hypnos care on the boatman other ones whose names are escaping me at the moment they're all there right dionysus is a he's just really happy he's just a really happy party guy and he's really happy that you're trying to come up here and oh mate when you when you get up here i'm gonna throw the biggest party in your name it's gonna be great we're not gonna remember it but trust me it's gonna be great (laughs) their aries is so refreshing because i get really tired of just like a one (laughs) aries this aries like war is his art he's passionate about it he speaks about it in the way we would write poetry he's a thoughtful person his thoughts just go to warfare it's a refreshing characterization and he loves you and your work because you're killing things he has a deep affinity for your not mom nicks he kind of wants to meet her and zagreus is like are you trying to bang my mom (laughs) and then you tell nix and he's like you're not gonna talk to aries right nix is like i'll do whatever i want and i'm like hell yeah nix you're the first chthonic god i maxed hermes is just a fast talking guy who doesn't really have time for anything so all of his dialogue is like up to two speed it's great and refreshing i love this poseidon and most of the time i don't but this poseidon is very like there's a few ways you can do Aquaman, right? And one of the ways you can do Aquaman is a pompous, she-santy she adventure, brave and the bold, screaming outrageous, I live for adventure. That's very their take on Poseidon. And he's just, he's your fun uncle. And he calls you little Hades. Very endearing to me specifically. Because I'm like, yeah, that's how my, this is how my uncles all talk to me. But one of the moments with him I have it on my phone, but I'm not going to pull it out because the specifics aren't super important to me. But he's talking to you and he's like, if I remember one thing about my brother, he was a stick in the mud and probably not the best father. Hence, you need for a father figure. So when you get up here, I will take you fishing and we'll go camping and talk about our feelings. And I'll be a great father figure to you, Zagreus. And I, I put my controller down and I was like, no, this game is only supposed to make me horny. Why am I feeling things? Um, Athena's in the game, Zeus is in the game. I really like the Zeus. He's not an asshole. He's just pompous. And there's this really funny, but he's got this wonderful beard that's made of clouds. And one time when you're talking to your dad, Hades, he's like, oh, fucking my stupid brother, Zeus. Yes, he has an excellent beard, but that doesn't make you a good king. And I love that Hades has to give it up. That Zeus has a great beard. Uh, Demeter, your grandmother, who is uh, fierce and regal and has, carries herself with weight and elegance in class. And it's also refreshing 
refreshing to see an elder woman uh, drawn as an elderly woman, but still fucking rocking it. She's aged with grace, and I love Demeter. She's so fun. She calls you Little Sprout before she even knows you're her grandson. She's great to be around, even though she's so fucking chilling because she's cold, right? Who are other gods who show up? Uh, Athena. Athena's so goddamn hot in this game. Oh my god. And she's just fun. She's just it fun. It just makes sense. Around. I would expect Athena to be hot. I mean, yeah, when has Athena ever not been hot? Right. Um, your sad boyfriend Thanatos, the god of death, he's very upset that you're trying to leave the underworld and shirk your responsibilities, but also you didn't tell him that you were gonna do it. He had to find out from Dusa? That's fucked oh, up, Zag. That's, that's fucked not up. cool. Zag. Zag. You're I'm always saying this to Zag. Zag, come on, man. You gotta be out in front with your emotions. Sisyphus is there. He's fun to talk to. He's best friend. He's become best friends with the boulder who he's pushed so much up the hill. It's developed two holes where he pushes it and those are his eyes and he's drawn a little smiley face on it. Orpheus. That's, that's delightful. Orpheus and Eurydice are in the game and Orpheus is like a sad indie musician. <laughs> he looks like Fuck the crow. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. And Eurydice is a is black coated and she's got a bunch of tattoos and she's strong and independent she's been living in the underworld without orpheus but has orpheus been talking about me like i don't need him to talk about but if he has you can tell (laughs) me that's fine it's it's very soap opera in its presentation through the stories and i i love soap opera so it's very it's very familiar to me more than just the top-down isometric feel of it. I, I love soap operas. I love all these characters. I love all these takes and just talking to them. It's such a it's such a treat. The the boss before your dad is uh, Asterius and Theseus, and Theseus is a pompous asshole, and Asterius is like quiet and reserved. But Asterius develops like an earnest respect for you. Well, Theseus comes to be like, "Come at me, you vile hellspawn! I shall smite thee, and I shall you shall never grace Asphodel again." And <laughs> because and uh, <laughs> Zagreus fucking hates Theseus. It's like the only person in the game he hates. Like just purely he's like, oh god, Theseus, I'm gonna have to if you lose to Theseus, he's so upset. But because you develop like an earnest respect and rapport with the Minotaur, there's a subplot where like Theseus notices that you and the Minotaur get along and he's like worried that you're gonna take his best friend. But it's really cute when the Minotaur's like, No king, you have to understand, our bond is strong. The only thing that can break it would be you. And And Theseus is like shocked. And he takes a moment. He's like, you have reunited the bonds of our friendship. They they have forged an iron and they shall never be broken. Now let's kill this hellspawn. And Zagreus is like, well, that was cute. I just, I love everyone in this game, man. Do you have anything to say? Because I'm about to get into the big emotional thing. I mean, I have like ideas that are percolating already. But if we're not ready for ideas yet... Then say the emotional thing, and then I can I can work from there. Okay, cool. So this game, it does have a really well-told story, and it is far more emotionally engaging than I was expecting it to be, despite, hi, hello, have you listened to an episode of the podcast? I have daddy issues. It's just <laughs> a fact about me. <laughs> Who doesn't? And the- you know, it's 2022. <laughs> if you don't have daddy issues yet, I, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what's up with you, man? <laughs> You're the weirdo here. But Zagreus, he's trying to get out of hell, and he has a very contentious relationship with his dad. And your dad, Hades, 
is the final villain, and your relationship is so contentious with him, and this is one of my favorite bits of game design, but you give nectar to everyone, and the first one you get, you get an emblem from them, and it does different things, so, like, your mom, Persephone, spoilers, Persephone shows up, and she's wonderful, I love this Persephone, but her charm is the one I use the most, because it, every four levels, will upgrade one of your god boons just for free, I love it. But you give the first nectar to your dad and like nectar's contraband you're not supposed to have. It's like, how did you get your hands on this boy? I shall take it, but only to throw it away. And then the rest of your hearts are locked and you cannot make that relationship better until you get to the prologue. Love that. So the reason Zagreus is trying to get out of the underworld is because he found out Nyx isn't his mom. Spoilers, his mom is Persephone, because we're all fans of Greek mythology here. But he just, he wants to find his mom. And I'll never forget the first time I beat my dad, and I was like, hell yeah, I love a game that lets me beat the shit out of my dad. This is very cathartic. But I did it, and he's like, you'll understand, we're not made for this world. And he shinks back down to the underworld. And every time you get to a new section, you go from Tartarus to Asvidel to Elysium to Subterranean when the title card popped up just Greece and I'm just like in the world, I was like, Oh my God. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't scream the as much as I wanted to. to like, it was honestly, it was wonderful. But then I, it was the slowest I've ever been in the game because I was like, I have to soak in every bit of this moment to be on the surface. And it was snowing and you walk like right up to the edge of a cliff and Zagreus and me, the first time seeing this screen, sees the sun rise and awe-inspired. I was in awe. I just had to soak that in for a minute. And I was like, oh, I fucking did it. Oh, man, this is great. And then you meet your mom. And she's like, who, who are you? And you go, oh, hey, I'm Zagreus. And sh- she rejects you because she's like hearing the name of who she thought was her dead, her dead son. She's like, why would you play this? terrible prank on me my son died and a child get the fuck out of here and i was like no right. no mom mom, i love you so much but then her and zagreus just catch up and i think it's zagreus can only stay on the surface for like five minutes but then i like i was so renewed with vigor to get to the surface so zagreus could keep talking to his mom i was like i, I can't let anything stop i need i so i love it when i'm so in one-to-one in sync with characters and media it's fuck it's a beautiful moment and i chase it so much but there becomes like this really interesting meta like greek tragedy fable if you aren't good enough to beat the game because then it becomes a story wherein zagreus is constantly chasing his family but doomed to never reach the surface if you can't just get there but then if you can reach the surface and you can't continuously do it to get to the prologue it's zagreus is someone trying to try and ah zagreus is someone constantly trying to have his family but can only have it for five minutes at a time forever cursed and i love that but i i'm good enough to have gotten through the thing but eventually you convince your mom to come back down because like the second to last time she goes zagreus I love you. I'm so happy you found me. It means more than you can imagine. But you can't keep coming back. If my family, if your family, the gods find out I'm here, everything is in jeopardy. And Zagreus starts dying and he goes, I, it's something like, I refuse. That's not good enough. This family can't just keep pushing their problems off and he dies and it 
hit me so hard. Like, that's the thesis statement to Zagreus as a character, because I haven't talked about him, and he's not a blank slate. Zagreus has a diction, he has a cadence, he has a very specific wants and needs and ways he interacts with people. And also, shout out to Zagreus's voice actor, Darren, I believe, Cobb, who is also the lead sound designer for Supergiant Games, because again, it's a studio of only 15 people. Yeah, wow. And he does a great job. But Zagreus, like, gets cheeky very often, but the only times he gets mad are when people try to tell him he can't help someone. Like, when you're doing the Orpheus and Eurydice storyline, there's a part where Thanatos is like, well, did you ask them for their permission to reunite a couple? Maybe they're fine. And Zagreus gets really upset. He's like, I'm a, I'm a, I can't help my friends. I can't make things better. When Nyx wants him to not talk to Deuce, he's like, I can't talk to my... Like, I... I refuse. Zagreus sees someone hurting and refuses to not do something. Your whole thing with Achilles' boyfriend Petrolicus, where neither one of them can make the first move, and your notebook that like gives you lore dumps about everything you interact with, it's written from Achilles' perspective. And when you get to the things about Petrolicus, it's just like, I can't talk about that. And then the next one you get is, like, I refuse to talk about that. And the last one you get is just, like, Achilles writing the word pain and regret over and over again. It fills out the whole page. So neither of them can do it. But Zagreus refuses to just stand idly by and not fix this problem. And I love him a lot for that. But when you convince your mom to come back down to the underworld and you find out Hades is a wife guy, and it's really cute, and Hades is happy to have his family back together, and they, they finally start to mend those wounds, and there's this this great line, and it felt really... It just hit me in a very specific way, because most stories wherein a child does not have a... I burped there. That was not me crying. <laughs> I might later. <laughs> I just want that on record. But in most stories where... Uh, son does not have a great relationship with their dad. There's a big cathartic blowout and a lot of big emotions because that's Hollywood and you can't like make a movie where it's like, well, most of what I feel is nothing. And when Persephone's like, do you hate your dad? And Zagoras replies, I don't think I hate anyone. I definitely resent a lot of what he did to me. And I don't know if that's ever going to heal. And I was like, hmm, I feel very seen. But once you get your mom back, and she's she's so much fun to be around. She's so lively. She, she, Persephone brightens up the underworld. That's her function, right? And she really does. She's such a joy to be around. But she wants her husband to open up to her son, and so you can unlock the rest of the the rest of like the the heart click things. And watching Zagreus and Hades like click again it hit me in this very specific way there's a song there's a rap song by an artist i can't remember the name of but it's called i love you and i only listened to it once because it's about the multifaceted mostly negative relationship she has with her dad and i finished that song and i was like do i do i regret not trying to make things work with my dad (laughs) and i don't (laughs) Like when I feel that, because I'm not ready to process any of that. Yeah. So I've only ever listened to it once. And so the last time you give, well, the second to last time you give 
Hades and Nectar. Because the last Nectar you give me is like, boy, stop giving me these. Ne- like, I get what you're doing. It's not going to work. I'm different. I'm going to change. It's not going to be as dramatic as you want it to be. But I promise I'm going to put in effort. And he does. There's a change in the way he talks to you from that point moving forward. And it's it's not like, Zagreus, I love you so much. You're my special bestest boy. But it's, it's kinder. It's nicer. There's a sweetness to it. And to learn so much about your main villain, to fully understand him as a three-dimensional human being was fascinating. But that second to last one, when like Zagreus is upset when he gives him the nectar and he's like, oh yeah, uh, fathers and sons exchange gifts sometimes, wonder of wonders, maybe now you'll be a good dad. And I, I, I really felt it because I, I, I'm going to get super personal. When my dad died, he had, I think, jaundice or something. His, his liver was failing. He was bloated. He looked like a banana slug. The last thing I said to my dad was, wow, dad, you look like a piece of shit. And he, I knew he was, he was cognizant of that because he repeated it to me. He said, wow, my son thinks I look like a piece of shit. But I just kind of stood there for a long time in the hospital room. And I remember this very specifically because my goddad, Jonathan, he, he took me to the side and he was like, hey, man, I don't, I don't know what your relationship looks like with Maverick. He's my best friend. I get it's weird between y'all. With my dad, I don't want to cuss him out. So, like, I don't know if you want to reunite. I don't know if you want to cuss him out, but I think it would be better if you did something. And I remember this specifically because he said, now, I'm not trying to manufacture a moment. And my nigga, that is exactly what you were doing. (laughs) You were 100% trying to manufacture a moment. (laughs) But then he was like, just, you know, don't do nothing. And he left. And I learned this after the fact because my mom was at the hospital with me. But when Jonathan, like, closed the door and got on the other side of the hospital, he was like, I think they're about to, I think I made a breakthrough. I think they're going to do something. And we didn't. I I stood in there for like 15 minutes to let my family think I did something, but I didn't. I don't regret that very often. Uh, But times where I do, it's a lot of emotions to unpack. But when when Zagreus does that, and I'm going to pause here for a second because I have the picture on my phone because this I do care enough to try to get the the exact words because, again, I have so many pictures of this game on my phone. So just one moment. (laughs) You must think, ah, you must think it is my age that makes me obstinate, unable to change my nature. But I have always been inflexible. You think I'm proud of it? You call me father like it's an insult. I deserve it in title, only as a technicality, and this I know. And it just, it hit me in that same way where Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is my favorite Marvel movie, because mm-hmm. I've never related as hard to a character immediately as I did to Peter Quill in the opening of one. And the second movie is watching him process his daddy issues. But living out through Zagreus, like having the cathartic moment where you, you do say, no, dad, you suck. And your dad recognizing it in a very human way, wherein he recognizes his flaws and admits that they're difficult to change, just uh, hit my soul. In a way, I, I had to put the controller down and just kind of walk away for a minute because I, 
I fucking love this game. I love everything about it. It's fun to play. It's fun to be around. It's fun to exist in. I love all these characters. But there's a there's a real human core to this game. And we're going to talk about this and Disco Elysium back to back. And I, they're mm-hmm. both top-down isometrics. Mm-hmm. But what I love about indie games, like open-world games, Red Dead Redemption 2. I fucking love Red Dead Redemption 2. I've talked about it on this podcast before. But they want a world to feel alive, right? The foliage grows in real times. The balls shrink on the horse when you're in the cold. The world's alive. And the heart of Red Dead Redemption 2, my favorite line in the game is, take a gamble that love exists and do a loving act. But with indie games, because it's so small, because there's no committee, there's no oversight, it is just this raw, palpable emotion. And you can go, this is a human fucking experience right now that I'm feeling in this art. And I love it so fucking much. I love indie games. I love Hades. Fucking go play it. It's so much fun. It will teach you to be better. I'm bad at video games, and now I beat it without a second thought. I love it so much. I love the relationships with everyone. You have a relationship with Dulce where you, where it's all about platonic love being just as satisfying as romantic love, and she does earnestly care about you, but she didn't understand that you wanted a romantic pursuit, so it's kind of awkward for a second, but it's fine because you're friends forever. I love it. I didn't talk about Chaos, but he shows up, and Chaos is awesome, and he's autism-coded. Hypnos is autism-coded. I love him, too. Hypnos is hot. I mean, not Hypnos. Uh, Chaos is hot, even though the lower half of their body is like the undulating yet unformed masses kind of making fetus faces because he's chaos and he's the uh, they are the ever-present changing and wonder and madness of the world. I fucking love this game. I've talked for so much. Amber, you talk. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I'm getting a... I'm getting a I'll say moderately pro Hades take from you. You're generally actually. In favor. I hate Hades. It's my least <laughs> favorite game I've played. <laughs> um. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um. Uh. And for getting personal on there, we're gonna be monetized in no time. Um. Woo! <laughs> oh Christ. Um. So. I actually um, uh, have some people who know my video game tastes pretty well, who I trust, who have told me, no, I don't think you would actually enjoy Hades, and I'm trusting them on that. So I'm probably not going to play Hades, because I think it's probably not really for me. Um, uh, But every single person I know uh, has said pretty unanimously that Hades is incredible. People love it. Um, I would actually be surprised if there were a lot of people listening right now who weren't already sold on Hades being incredible, and we're really just here to listen to Devin um, agree with them about why Hades is incredible, which I respect and I do that all the time as well. So, um, you know about things that aren't Hades. Anyway, a couple of questions about, uh, the game or, or a couple of ideas. One question I had about the game is how comprehensive the list of, uh, Greek mythological figures are, because I figure there's like two main ways that we could go about it. Um, either one, we find a mythological figure who uh, isn't in the game already. You know, you, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we did Polyphemus on a previous episode, I think, but we could also just as well pick, um, you know, Tantalus or um, uh, any one of the Titans or anything like that um, and, and build that mythological figure into a character. Um, or, uh, fun idea number two, um, depending on the tone this game strikes and how hard or soft its canon is, 
and its like relationship to um like its own mythological status um you could have like like a like a a a a, a god from like egyptian mythology show up and then it's like um what is that character doing there oh they're like they they're like a family friend and like they're sort of like a godfather figure or like an a, a, a an adopted step parents type figure to zagreus um uh, and then that like expands the like central theme of family you were talking about in some interesting ways um those are a couple of directions i could imagine going yeah those were pretty much the exact things i was going to pitch you on oh God, i will so answer your like our other pantheons at play the answer is yes because all of your weapons the final evolution of them is references to different pantheons. Oh. Uh, actually, not everyone, because the, the main one, the sword, the, its final evolution is it becomes Excalibur. But every time you show up with, like, the final version of the weapon, your dad is like, what'd you do? Why does it smell like that? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> so that's a way to go. What I was going to suggest for, like, mythological figures is we could be super self-indulgent, and we could take our characters that we made in the how we do greek mythology episode and then put them into hades oh you love that shit don't you i do i love interconnectivity baby do i remember the characters we made like that shit was like a year and a half ago now i remember mine at the very least you gave an explanation for where do black holes come from oh you're right i do remember i don't remember what i um yeah I do remember that now, yeah. Um, uh, sure, although I... Fuck, I really wish I remembered my characters' names now. <laughs> Why don't we go with yours? Yeah, what's... what's, what's uh, Let's give both me and the audience a refresher on um, your character. So, I had two myths. Um, one involved Scylla. And she only has a line cameo. It's a bit Skelly gives you about how he was like Skelelesis in his real life. And he died when he met Charybdis. So I'm not going to revisit that one. The other one I had was a guy falls in love with Medusa, who is a character in this game. Medusa, it's never outright stated, but her summon, if you summon her when you're in a fight with Athena, Dusa gets like, oh no, I remember this, I need to leave. So she's pretty much like the Gorgon. Um, but Guy falls in love with Medusa, has two monster kids, and the lion one is thing was he was very angry, and eventually he becomes like the last thing in the underworld that keeps things from getting out. So he very easily, Leonosis, fits, because he's a not a minotaur a centaur but his lower half is a lion so he just very easily fits into the game he's the final boss before hades who's like ah zag you know i love you i have a job can't let you out i kind of hope you do if you meet your mom tell her i said hi i miss her she was great so i mean that sounds like it writes itself that sounds like you've already <laughs> yeah I've, I've thought about how leonosis would fit and like what he would look like in this game he would have powerful dreadlocks that kind of look like a mane and he would just be he'd be very proud of zagreus and want zagreus to succeed and every time you beat him he's very excited because that means you're gonna go meet your mom and he misses persephone because persephone is one of the few non-chthonic gods he doesn't hate so this is maybe gonna be slightly embarrassing for me to say out loud 
Um, yeah, go for it. What does Chthonic actually mean? I don't know okay, the great. Latin roots, but essentially it's gods that don't resign in Olympus. So everything sprouts from chaos. And this is a thing I'm going to talk about real soon. We're just going to die. The reason chaos is in the game is because when Greg was like, oh, it's going to be about family. You have to get like the, the greatest grandparent and that's chaos. Primordial chaos is where everything comes from. So chaos Gave birth to Nyx. Nyx is the knight, the personification of knight. You're not mom, who I love so much. She, she's so much fun to be around, and she earnestly loves you. And she gives birth to, like, Thanatos and Charon and Hypnos and the Three Furies, Megara, Tisepany, and Agat... Ag Aglia? Uh, everyone's mad at me, but it's like A, and then I can't remember the rest. But I will say real quick, I fucking love Meg... Meg's best girl, she's so tired of Zag's shit, and she's so hot. Her sister, though? Oh my god. She's incredibly hot. Because, like, Meg is tired of Zagreus' shit, and they have a patchy past. Aglia, she fucking hates him. And I show up, and she goes, what's up, trash god? I can't wait to make you bleed. And I go, oh, mommy. <laughs> Calm down, please. I'm already dating your sister. So yeah, uh, Chthonic gods are like denizens of the underworld. Right. Uh, they're all in this game pasty and subterranean, and they don't go out in the sun. They're emos, right? They're emo gods of darkness. And then the Olympian gods are your Hera, who is not in the game, but you know, your Demeter, your Zeus. Hera's not in the game? Hera's not in the game. I was a little disappointed. Do you want me to just kind of go over the lists of gods so you know who is and is not in the game? Um, uh, if I mean, if we're just applying our characters to the game, it doesn't feel that relevant. But I'm Hera's not in the game, though. Yeah, Hera's not in the game. It was I. I was upset because I. I love it when Hera shows up and just I. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're doing a Greek mythology episode. Kind of weird that Hera's always a villain when her main problem is that her husband is constantly cheating on her. I, too, would be upset. That is kind of weird, huh? That's why, that's why I like the Lore Olympus version of Hera. She's not a villain. And also, just real quick diatribe about Lore Olympus. I love the Zeus and Hera and Lore Olympus, and it's one of the few times I really feel like that relationship could work if they could both just sit down and go to therapy. But just sit down and go to therapy, Hans. You guys could make it work. Anyways, back to Hades. But yeah, Hera, not in the game. Weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out where to go from here because um, uh, uh, if we're just applying our old characters to Hades, like it kind of is just our old. It's just our old characters, right? Um, and I, I, I don't know how much we would have um, to add there, really. I guess it would be adding like a a cheeky, sassy quality to it, right? more fun than tragic like Lionosis in my myth is very angry he's not happy about anything the circumstances of his birth or the way the gods constantly play games with mortals or the fact that his dad is now forever in prison uh, but in this game he's had a lot of years and he's chilled out if he sees if he ever sees Poseidon it's on site so he's not invited to the big party you have with all of your family at the end of the game but he's a chiller dude so I guess you'd answer what if what if years removed due to them, 
Um, I think the interesting question for yours would be how do you gamify the personification of a black hole? What way is that a power-up for Zagreus? Because mine is just, it's a final boss. You talk to and you give him the nectar. And another thing you could do was then figure out, like, what's your what's your soap opera subplot? Does Zagreus help you in some way? Because yours is about t- two couples, right? So Zagreus would have to, in some way, help them get back mm-hmm. together. So, like, write a soap opera, man. What happens there? Right. So, um, as a as a recap for the for the listeners at home, um, way back in like I want to say our second ever episode, the myth that I told the 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 Greek mythology characters that I made up was this couple. Um, well, uh, it was this prospective couple. It was this um, this woman who had who is madly in love with another woman and um in order to uh uh get the um like like magical goods that she needed to get this other woman to fall in love with her um she kept uh doing these uh uh greater and greater challenges she had to like starve herself for i don't remember what i said 30 days something like that and um uh in doing so she eventually starved herself to death um, in order to try to get the attention of this other woman who um, had, by that point, been taking care of her and and uh, could have just been, like, close to her in, like, a normal, non-magical way. It was a tragedy. Um, great little story, IMO. Uh, and then in the end, um, uh, she gets turned into a black hole such that she um, gets to eat forever. Um, uh, and that is where black holes come from, according to my version of the story. Um, and so black hole, um, was a thing I, I picked in the first place specifically because it was a thing that was really outside of the realm of Greek mythology. Um, it was like really a thing that, uh, uh, they would really have no way of knowing about and therefore couldn't be a creation myth that already existed, but I was trying to create a creation myth as it like could have been about, um uh an an existent phenomenon and so uh it's sort of a similar question of like like black holes would not be a thing that you would expect to see in this kind of a game but like what would it mean to have a black hole like gamically represented in a a a top-down isometric roguelike action game um uh like a like a narratively built one um, and in particular, a black hole who is a, a character. Um, and in particular, a game that's set in the underworld, and the black hole is a character who has died and then been placed among the stars. Um, and honestly, just trying to figure out the exact cosmology of how a character can die and then be placed among the stars. Is she both in the stars and in the underworld? It's a little unclear. And maybe it can be intentionally unclear. Maybe that can be part of it. Um... Perhaps she uh, is built to visually represent a black hole uh, in some way in her outfitting, in her in her character design, and there are also occasional references to um, like another form of like physical existence out in the stars at the same time, right? In the way that chaos is a personification of a concept that also like, exists in a physical way elsewhere in the world. I assume. I assume that's how that's, I mean, uh, applied in this game. Um, yeah, I was going to say, when you meet Master Chaos, it's a Chaos Portal shows up, you hit R2, you lose 21 health, and you 
go down into somewhere. And there's the inky blackness of eternity and a little place for you to walk around and some pillars. And you talk to them for a second, you pick up boons, and you can go fishing. You can fish in primordial chaos and get, like, prime jellyfish, and it's cute and funny. So <laughs> a funny. thing could pop up. You hit R2, you're sucked up into space for a second, and Zagreus talks to Black Hole Woman, whose name we have forgotten. I think um, uh, it's gonna be really annoying. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like have to go back and re-listen to that episode and and then find out what her name is before we post this. So the title of the episode will have it, and you'll all be screaming at me because you'll be seeing it on text in front of you. Um, I think, yeah, I think that maybe a part of that um, is that when you get sucked into space, um, I don't know how the dialogue system works. I imagine you like have to click through it. I also could imagine it being a fun twist where the dialogue in the space section works in real time. Like, you have a really limited amount of time to talk to her because you are getting sucked into a black hole as you speak. You get dropped in space, and then after a certain amount of time, um, uh, she has no choice but to eat you. And when she eats you, you get crushed to death in the black hole and you end up back in the underworld, right? Um, so I wonder if maybe that's like... Like, she isn't in the underworld, maybe even. Like, maybe there are um, portals that appear in the overworld that can transport you out into the blackness of space to give you a chance to interact with her before you get sucked back in. But that's just, like, intentionally losing. I mean, you did say you like to do that sometimes, but I don't imagine that's, like, a part of intended play. Um, you just, if it's... If it's like an instant death thing, you just have to come up with like, well, what's the incentive, right? Yeah. What What do you get? I uh, like outside of the candy of more dialogue. What is the, the gameplay thing she gives you to like give up a give up a life? What are things that people? What What are things you can be given in this game? I only know about upgrades so far. Yeah. Well, all yeah, the gods give you just the boons which are power-ups chaos also gives you boons but because it's chaos they for the first like x amount of turns do a negative thing and then they transform and it does like a positive thing but other characters who you meet in the underworld all the chthonic gods they're just ones you talk to and they will give you like the the item like persephone's brooch upgrades your boons every three levels um thanatos's thing if you don't get hit and you beat a section your damage goes up like five percent it maxes out at 30 percent because i'm one of six percent of players on playstation who got that achievement i maxed it out baby so it could just be this is only like a like a chthonic god it's someone you can only talk to in the house of hades and it is just a storyline you unlock and you do get that first upgrade thing right you get one from charon and it gives you a discount at a shop charon's the one who sells you things because he's the boatman and likes money uh, what the fuck does hypnosis do i can't remember what hypnosis does i i only liked hypnosis like at the tail end of the game when when your mom is back and hypnosis, and you're like, yeah, my mom didn't talk to me for a long time. And I was like, oh, your mom doesn't talk to you either? We really do have something in common. <laughs> um, uh, fucking Sisyphus's upgrade is 
your attack, if not already affected by a god boon, goes up by like 50%. Oh, no, hypnosis, you just get like, I think it's 100 extra cash. Cerberus is, is you get extra health. Your dad is, uh, it functions as a summon, and I didn't use it a lot because it just makes you invisible for a second. I just maxed maxed it out because I'm a completionist for this game. So yeah, I think you wouldn't get a god boon from the black hole. You It would just be an NPC who you can meet and interact with. And I think the, the soap opera thing is like, she is in space. Her girlfriend is presumably somewhere in the underworld. And if there's one thing Zagreus loves to do, it's help get people in the underworld to talk to their former love and see what's up. That seems pretty classic. Um, do you, over the course of the game, acquire, like, over the course of a given run, acquire any sort of resource or currency, points of some kind, maybe? Um, yes. Okay. There is darkness, and you spend that at the mirror to give you, like, lasting upgrades. Like, you can get extra mans per run. The max is three. And there is also... There's currency like gold you can only spend out in the run, but there's precious emeralds, and those let you talk to the renovator and make minor cosmetic adjustments, some of which do nothing, some of which are very important. You need for more of those mm, juicy little bits. So yeah, there are there is currency in the game. Okay, so what if um, the thing that going up there does for you in addition to mm, yummy yummy candy storytelling bits um she's a black hole she wants to eat everything um one of the kinds of currency that you uh, accrue over the course of the game um over the course of a run uh when you when you choose to go into her portal um uh and she eats you she eats uh, uh, all of whatever that type of currency you acquired over the course of this run. She, like, you, you sacrifice all of this run of that kind of currency. Um, and in exchange, she gives you, I don't know, the blessing of the stars or something like that. And that means that just, like, a small percentage, you get, like, a small percent increase in drops of that currency over future runs. So it's like you're investing some of your currency to make it happen faster in the future. And that's like the investment that you're doing there. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. And then uh, by doing that also, when you go up there, you get to like talk to her about her like would-be love that you have met in the underworld. And like that's an as-yet un unconsummated love uh, and an unexpressed love to people who like, clearly loved each other, but never managed to say it out loud, and you get to, like, uh, play through the story of Zagreus getting fucking involved in that. Yeah, that's good. That's good, I like that. Are there any other... Maybe you get to turn things... the one in the underworld into a black hole somehow, and they get to be two, like, two black holes orbiting each other in the end? Well, I'm pretty sure you said Athena's responsible for that, and you are very good friends with your 
your hot ass aunt. Yeah. She calls you little godling, and she's so excited for when you get up here. Oh my god. And she's so excited when she finds out you have a thing for the Gorgon head. She's so excited when you make it work with Thanatos, and she's so excited when you make it work. I love. Oh, she's fun to be around. Everyone's so fun to be around. Sassy bitches, all of them. Okay. Well, that feels like that feels like how I would do mine then. All right, cool. Here's my last question, because I think we're at fun fact apiece. How do you make her hot? Because she's got to be hot, because everyone in this game is so hot. Oh, this is easy. This is the thing that you do with any character who is made out of space who you want to be hot. Um, uh, instead of, like, skin, this character has, like, 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 constellation speckled, right? Like, it's a black void with like a shape of constellations giving her the like figure of a human person um uh which also means that she gets to have a the biggest hair in the entire universe um uh the biggest longest most flowingest locks and b uh obviously is therefore either like totally naked or wearing like the wispiest most ethereal thing um because it's not graphic because it's just like a it's just a shape in space right that's the that's Here's the visual that. design that happens there. Here's another one. So, have we introduced Vorn to this game? Because she's constantly eating Zed. I it definitely is like a little bit of a, a a little bit of a Vor thing because you get sucked into her and crushed to death every time you talk to her. Yeah, you are getting eaten by a giant woman. Yeah, that is what is happening there. Um, I didn't like really do that on purpose, but I did notice it happening while I was doing it, and I did nothing to avert course. So. Um, this is the Vor episode of the podcast, everyone. Yeah, come on, Super Giant Games. Where was the Vor? Huh? Huh? Where was we it at? We fixed the problem with with Hades. We gave it Vor. This game spent like two years in early access, and no one in the Discord <laughs> said, "Where is the Vor?" Come on, hire us. We would have put the Vor in. All right, yeah, I feel like we're at one fun fact apiece, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, so I got a few fun facts I'm going to come with. So, unique dialogue options. If you have a Poseidon boon, like if you have gone past, I want to say, three Poseidon boons and you run and you go to fight Leonosis, it's the only time you can trigger, like, actually angry I am upset right now. This is not a fun fight. This smells like that guy I hate and kind of the lion part of his brain takes over. That's a unique dialogue thing with him there. And when you beat the game, you unlock Pack of Punishment so you can make it like harder and you get like unlockables. And there's extreme measures and you max that out and bosses become fun and unique again. And so when you do that for Leonosis, the thing his dad did was he poured everything he was into a sword that could kill gods. And so the extreme measures is like, hey, Zag, I got the sword that can kill gods. And that's his like fun little upgrade for extreme measures. Those are my fun facts. I think my um, uh, I think mine like is out in space and can see a lot. Right. And I think she um uh has done quite a lot of people watching on the planet we will say she can see earth from where she is um and she has like like an uncanny understanding of all the things that are happening on earth um and she has a lot of opinions about like uh 
like the gossip and the drama that's going on in like random households in random parts of the world at random times like sometimes she'll just talk about like um some couple getting in a fight in china somewhere right um uh somebody in 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 new zealand has just made a total embarrassment of themselves the other day and it was really funny that sort of thing and Zagris is like fucks at china yeah exactly all right yeah now amber parasocial bonding time oh yeah um we've moved this to the end um, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, uh, we have one more thing before we go, which is that we have to ask a, a question to make you uh, think that we're people. We have to trick you into believing that we're that we're uh, real boys and girls. Um, and so it's at the end. If you hate it and us, you can just skip it. Podcast <laughs> is over. You're not gonna miss anything now. Uh, here's is my way to do a question, Devin. My question for you, because um, uh, I genuinely am curious to know. Um, have you worn makeup? And if so, what was your best look? Have I worn makeup? Has that ever happened in your life? Have you ever done that? There have been several... Voluntarily, I think the only time was when, like, you were first transitioned and you had some eyeliner and I drew some, like, Star Trek dumb shit on my face and you went, okay, you owe me a new thing of eyeliner. You spent all of it. (laughs) Other than that, that. (laughs) it's just been, like, a girl I have a crush on will ask, and I'll be like, yeah, or, like, my girlfriend Lexi, whenever we go to the the emo parties, Taylor throws, will, like, throw some eyeliner on me, but no, I don't think I've ever actually worn makeup, like, of my own volition outside of that. Follow-up question, what's that like, what's your experience of that, like, being a boy who has a girl put makeup on him and not... Having that be a like a secretly euphoric transgender experience. Oh yeah, that would be what that would be. Um, I don't know that I have anything even interesting to say. I know that either Jackie or Katrina have the picture of me with the full with the, just the full fucking makeup because we're at Sephora when I let her do it. In that god, remember when I had the Clay High School security polo and I just wore that to school sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, I was in that. Um, yeah, it wasn't... It was mostly just like, well, I hope she likes me now. Yuck, yuck, yuck. No, nothing more than that. Sure, right. What What about for you, Amber? You said it was an erotic experience. Oh, my God. Uh, fucking... I mean, the thing about... I mean, I mean, like, you can imagine what it's like when you have a, a, a girl do your makeup and you get a lot of gender out of it in ways you don't expect. And also it's kind of hot because it's, it's kind of hot when someone does your makeup. It is, it's a very intimate thing. They have to get up in your face about it. Um, uh, I honestly had like relatively few experiences of that growing. Like, yeah, like once or twice, like Katrina did it or whatever. Um, but, uh, uh, mostly I have had a lot of experience doing it myself. I have found a lot of success doing extremely normal makeup. I went really, really big for like years in there because, you know, I was first learning and that's what happens. But, um, I ended up having much more success, uh, these days with just, uh, uh, like the, the more I can make boys think that I'm not wearing makeup, the better. Yeah, when you trick Cameron and he's like, there's no makeup there, you're like, I did it. That's right, that's exactly what I'm going for. 
But like all the women will be like, oh, you're so sparkly. I'm like, I know, yeah. Men don't know what the fuck a foundation is. It's been explained to me several times and I just forget. It's like a Lovecraftian monster. The second it's out of my <laughs> peripheral, I don't understand what just happened. What, what were we talking about? We were talking about how this is original podcast Do Not Steal and how my name has been Amber Autumn, she, her. And my name's been Prince Devin, he, him. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. For next week's episode, join us as Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling. But as we have alluded to many times in this episode already... Um, we will instead be talking about Disco Elysium. Don't panic. You're going to be okay. Um, uh, uh, Devin, we have a friendship, and I uh, am so glad that we are never going to monetize it. Much like Disco Elysium's deep themes of the nature of capital and its indestructibility, and how that ultimately tanked the Zaum company, one day I'll monetize our friendship and it will ruin it. it. It will ruin everything we had because money will be involved. And God, I can't wait, baby. That's right. Use promo code OGPOD to get 15% off all your fucking my pillows. Buy our merch. There's pictures of our face on it. Someday we're going to have actual merch and you're going to have to stop doing these jokes. Oh, no. The, the new joke will be the merch that I'm not currently wearing right now. <laughs> the joke will just be you describe merch that we don't have in the store. <laughs> oh, that's the dream. To be like, yeah, our pins we don't have, and then we get pins? God, that'd be so fucking cool. Be like, buy the, go to our merch store where we're selling human skeletons. Just whole human the- skeletons. Don't ask. Go to our merch store where we're selling our pissing jars, and that way you can be an official piss baby. <laughs> this sucks. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. I think. I- <laughs> bye.